Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 35 of the podcast. We've been having some great conversations over the last few weeks. Hope you've been enjoying them all. Today it's back to just me. You're stuck with me for the next maybe 30 minutes, maybe less. I might try and keep it a bit shorter today. What we're going to look at today is looking after yourself mentally and physically, your well-being, your overall wellness, keeping your stress levels in check as much as anything else. This is something I speak about quite a bit in workplaces. We do our workplace wellness programs. This is something I see quite a bit. So I want to bring it to your attention as well, because ultimately I think it affects most of us, how we manage ourselves, how we manage our environment, how we manage our stress levels. A lot of us are not handling it that well. That's my experience from working with clients, from being in organizations where maybe there's thousands of employees. And this is something that I'm seeing over and over again. So maybe we'll just bring a little bit of awareness to some of this stuff today. On a mental level, talking first maybe just about mental health. I'm not going to go too deep on it. We've done episodes on it before. But it's good to see attitudes have changed a little bit over the last few years. I think especially with men. I think there's been a big change in men's attitudes towards mental health. A few years ago, probably... Going back to the generation before mine, I suppose, my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, you were nearly just expected to be tough and suck it up and get on with it. And as the old saying goes, if you've got an issue, grab a tissue, you'll be fine. You'll get on with it. You'll get over it. But nobody is bulletproof. Nobody's bulletproof. We can all have days we don't feel so good. Anybody is susceptible to things like anxiety, things like depression. It can hit any of us at any point in our lives. And I think we're starting to get our heads around that a little bit more now. We're starting to understand it a little bit better. And we're starting to understand that it's okay not to be okay. In the past, manning up was probably more about keeping it all in and don't show weakness and get on with your job. You'll work it out. You'll get over it. That was the attitude. I think it's changed a lot now. And I think it's actually seen more now. Manning up would be speaking to somebody, opening up and being brave enough to do that. Because for me, that's the brave thing to do rather than trying to keep it bottled in is actually going seeking help. Whether that's a friend or that's a family member or that's a counsellor, whoever it is, opening up and saying, I'm not feeling great, I need a little bit of help. And I think we're getting much, much better at that. I've mentioned there the change towards attitudes, especially in men. I'm noticing this quite a bit with my social media. It's probably I have a very large following. When I do seminars, I do workshops, I would say 80, 85% at least are female. But what I'm finding now is men are saying it to me on the street or if they'll meet me out and about they'll say I love your social media stuff I find it really really good that was really interesting what you posted yesterday or I love what that was last week they'll make the little comments but the funny thing is that you never really see them engaging online maybe it's again that they don't want to be seen engaging with the personal development stuff or the mental health stuff but they will say it to you on the QT I suppose much something but to me it's progress it might not be perfect. I'd prefer if they were confident enough to put it out there and put their likes on social media and leave a comment and show that appreciation or that it is helping them in some way. It's not about ego for me. I don't really mind in terms of likes and that. It's not about that. But it's that it's getting through and it's making an impact. But when I have these conversations with people in everyday life, it says to me that it is having an impact. It is getting through. And that's really, really good to see. So we're not there yet, but I think we're getting there. We're moving in the right direction. I'm not going to go too deep on the mental health stuff today. I want to speak about overall wellness, overall well-being. But while we are on it, I had a conversation with somebody recently that I thought was was a little bit fascinating. It was actually somebody from the construction industry and they were going to a talk about mental health. And the talk was actually arranged specifically for the construction industry. So they had a speaker coming in around mental health for the construction industry. And I thought that was incredible because obviously they're, they're the, the statistics around mental health and construction, I think, is, is quite high. It's not it's not brilliant. 
But when I heard him speak about this, that he was going to this event, my first thought on it was, that's a tough event. That's a tough gig. From the speaker's point of view, I thought that was a tough one because the construction world is probably such a macho environment as well. Traditionally, it would have been very difficult to speak about issues like mental health, I would imagine. So I was putting myself in the speaker's shoes and I was thinking, going in there to a room full of men, a lot of them might be sceptical. Tough, tough gig. And even the guy that told me about the event, who is a good friend of mine, I was thinking he probably won't enjoy this. I don't think it's going to be his type of thing. But maybe that's, again, me just casting aspersions and thinking, well, they're all the same. Tarring them all with the same brush when they're obviously not. And after he went to the event, I rang him up a few days later and we had a conversation and we were just chatting about everything and anything, as we always do. And I was just said to him, how did that talk go that you were at the weekend? And he surprised me a little bit. He said, oh, yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. And that did surprise me a little bit because I wasn't actually expecting that. I thought he was going to be a little bit cynical. I thought he was going to come out and say it wasn't, wasn't great, whatever. But he came out and he said, no, it was really, really, really good. And I said, how did everybody else in the room respond to it? Were they all enjoying it or what? Did he, you know, and he said, yeah, he said, I think most people, most people found it, found it excellent. He said there was a few, obviously, that were kind of, well, it was funny because I think one example he used was, obviously, in terms of mental health and depression, they were speaking a little bit about alcohol consumption and alcohol being a depressant, obviously not the best idea to be over consuming a lot of alcohol if you're not feeling great. So he said there was one guy sitting beside him and he was going, oh, this is a lot of shite. This is a lot of shite. And that was what he kept saying, which we kind of found a little bit amusing. But if you look further into it, the guy who was saying that is typically somebody who does consume a lot of alcohol. So I think it's been open minded and I think it's you get what you want from it if you're going to go in with an open mind and you're willing to learn and you're there to actually improve yourself and you're not going in with that skeptical attitude and just writing things off straight away I think you will get something from it and it was great to hear that the vast majority of people coming out of that talk actually did find it beneficial and I think attitudes are changing and that's really 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 good that we're becoming more aware of looking after ourselves we're becoming more aware of the importance of our mental health and of our physical health and the impact it has on our everyday lives so we're becoming more knowledgeable about how to look after ourselves as much as anything that's where the likes of myself comes in going in speaking in work environments and trying to educate the public be it through social media be it through seminars workshops or just having conversations with people in everyday lives and just opening it up and understanding that everybody experiences a lot of the same stuff we all have tough days. We all experience the down times. We all have anxiety at times. We all struggle with certain things. And it's okay. It's okay to turn and have that conversation with somebody and just say, Do you know what? Today's not a great day. I'm not feeling the best. And just have somebody listen to you. From our point of view, whoever we are as well, being open to listening to that person as well. So you're not always there to talk. You're not always there to tell them the answer. Sometimes it's just listening and letting them get it all out. And a lot of the time they can find the answers themselves, but sometimes it's just that they have to verbalize it. And then you can get into your own head a little bit more. You've realized, well, this is the issue. I've said it out loud. I know what it is. Maybe now I can move forward and do something about it. So just a little, just a little bit of mental health before we go too deep today. Um, we're going to move it on. What I want to do today is talk to you about your overall well-being. I've got eight tips for you and I'm going to get straight into them. A lot of these have come from working in the corporate environment again from stuff I've seen that is impacting people. So I think it's very relevant. I think it's very practical and I hope you can get one or two things from it. I'm not going to go too, too long today. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. So number one, I would say in terms of managing stress, this is what I'm ultimately going to look at today is managing stress, managing ourselves. Number one is make sure you schedule downtime. There has to be downtime in our lives. It can't be just going from bed to work and bed to work 
and letting those stress levels rise all the time and thinking this is the be all and end all and constantly chasing more and chasing more and looking for that progression with work. It's great to want to better ourselves, but not at the expense of our own health. We've got to look after ourselves well. So when I see we have an epidemic of stress at the moment, it's something I see quite a bit. One thing I have to say to people is if you're not getting downtime, that stress levels are going to keep rising. You have got to schedule downtime for yourself. So you've got to understand that if we come home from work and we're taking work home with us again, we've already done maybe eight, nine, ten hours and we're going to do another three, four hours when we come home. Not only is it affecting on our family lives, impacting our family lives, it's affecting ourselves too. It's affecting our mental state, it's affecting our energy levels, it's increasing those stress levels again. So schedule downtime for yourself, whether that's at the weekends, whether that's evening, and it doesn't have to be anything specific. It can be just what you enjoy. I think the best use of that downtime is doing the things that you enjoy, the things that get you out of your own head, something that you can sit down and say, that was nice. It was no stress, I wasn't thinking about work, it was just nice, and I feel a little bit more relaxed after it. And that's different things for different people. It can be going for a walk. It can be reading a book. It can be going out surfing. It can be literally just sitting down with your kids watching some stupid cartoon. It can be anything at all. But just schedule that downtime so that you're bringing the stress levels down. That you're not in that always on mode. Try to move away from that. That's what a lot of us are at the moment. We're using our 60 hours a week as a badge of honour. We're proud of it. And you know what? It's great that you have a great work ethic, but you have got to look after yourself as well. So make sure there's downtime in your day and in your week. That's number one. Number two, prioritize sleep. This is a massive one. Sleep is so overlooked. I speak to people all the time that tell me they don't need it. You do need it. People are going on four or five hours sleep and they've normalized it. I've seen a study recently that said 80% of workers are struggling with sleep. 80% of workers struggling with sleep. Like that is massive. It's a huge, huge number. So the first thing we're going to look at is why is sleep important? Well, certainly if you're not sleeping enough, you are going to find the next day you could be walking around like a zombie. Depending on the quality of your sleep as well. It's not just about the hours you sleep, but the quality of your sleep. You could be walking around like a zombie. Your energy levels could be suffering. Concentration levels tend to be poor. Cognitive function is not so good. You're also going to find it's going to impact weight loss attempts because cortisol levels are high. Food choices tend to be pretty poor the next day. We go for greasy foods. We go for quick fix quick fix foods to get us through the day. So there is a huge kick on from it. And it's not something that you can get away with over a long period of time. This is it. You might get away with it in the short term. But in the long term, it does to catch up. And I've, especially business mentors and things like that I've worked with that have told me they're going on four hours sleep and they're fine. And I'm always saying to them, you're actually not. You might think you are because you're so used to it. But the issue is that you're not performing at your maximum. You're not at your most productive. You're not at your best. No matter how much you think you are, there's actually loads more in you if you are well recovered, if you are well rested. Athletes actually sometimes sleep for up to 10 hours a night. Sounds like a lot and it used to surprise me. But the more I've got into my training now, the more I can see how it would be right. I find now if I'm training hard, I need an absolute minimum eight hours. If I'm training hard and I'm working hard, this time of year typically is tough for me because there's a lot going on. It's just really, really, really busy time of year. Work is mental. I'm training as well, trying to balance everything, juggle everything and sustain myself in the process. And I have to get eight hours sleep every night. And if I don't, I just cannot bring my best to my clients. I cannot bring my best to my work, cannot bring my best to the people around me. So sleep is something that is really important to prioritise. As I've mentioned there, 80% of workers are struggling with their sleep. So why is that? I think, again, there's a few things here. We've looked at why it's important to get good sleep, but why why are we not getting enough sleep or not getting good quality sleep either? I think we're overly stressed with work. I think we're overly stressed with life. I think money worries. 
and we're keeping ourselves up worrying about things. And there's so many people I see that are breaking their back to get on in life, to get to the next level with work, that they're almost abandoning everything else around them and it's taking over everything and their family life is suffering. They're coming home from work stressed out and then they're going into more work and maybe they're not switching off until 12 o'clock at night. Maybe it's even later. They're on the laptop. They're at emails. They're always on. The phone is always on as well. There's messages coming through. I could probably do a whole episode on sleep alone, but I'm going to try and give you a few tips here and a few pointers. I feel that those people that are super busy, I'm kind of using my air quotes again here because everybody is as busy as you make yourself. It's all about time. We have the same 24 hours in the day. How are you going to spend yours? I think a lot of those people neglect exercise. I think they neglect healthy foods. We're going to look at all that stuff later in the episode. But the reason I feel they're struggling with sleep is because they're not doing the basics. They're coming home and they're working and they're on the laptop till late at night and then they're going to bed and their head is full of thoughts and it's going round and round in their head about what have I got to do tomorrow, these targets I've got to hit, this meeting I've got at 11am and they've never switched off. So therefore they go to bed and their head is full and they're tossing and turning all night. They get up the next morning and they don't feel rested. They don't feel rested because they're not rested. They've been tossing and turning all night. They haven't got into a deep sleep. They haven't been able to switch off. So a couple of basic things with sleep. Firstly, switch off the laptop. And this was something I struggled with myself. I'm going to be honest here, especially in the first few years of business, I could have been up until 11 o'clock at night on emails and on the laptop and doing different bits and pieces. Now I've got a rule that it just goes off. When I come home, sometimes I still do fitness class in the evening. So I come home, it could be half eight, could be nine o'clock when I get home and the laptop is off and that's it. And you know what? The work will be still there tomorrow and I'll still get it done. But I'd take a few hours just to unwind, get that downtime again, bring the stress levels down, Again, whatever it is that works for you, a good idea if you're struggling with sleep is to read before you go to bed, typically an hour before you go to bed. I would switch everything off in terms of screens and that, maybe two or three hours beforehand. Those lights do keep you awake, so if you're on the laptop and the LED light, it's stimulating your brain and it's going to keep you in overdrive. You need to switch those off. Make the room as dark as possible. Make the room as cool as possible. Give yourself every chance you can of sleeping. And one other thing that I've noticed as well that a lot of people don't do is leave the phone out of their room. People are bringing phones into their rooms. They're on the phone. They're scrolling through social media while they're in bed even and again stimulating the brain. Leave the phone out of your room. If you need an alarm, buy an alarm clock. There is ways around it, but I would definitely look at doing that. I think it makes a big difference. I think it keeps people switched on all the time. And even sometimes they see the phone lighting up and it's a notification. And what do they do? Immediately they respond to it. They pick up the phone and have to flick into it. Same again when you wake up. Sometimes it's the first thing you're going for. You're picking up the phone and you're looking at social media notifications straight into your apps. And again, everything there is affecting the quality of your sleep. If you can get away from all that, switch off completely, I think you've got a much better chance of sleep. The other thing I would look at doing is exercising. I've mentioned there when I'm training hard, I need eight hours of sleep and I'll always sleep like a baby. So I think a lot of people are not getting enough exercise. They're not active enough and then they're not sleeping enough. They're not able to sleep. But if you find that you've got a good at least hour of exercise, well, at least half an hour, preferably an hour. But if you get a good half an hour in as a minimum, you're probably going to improve the quality of your sleep. You're helping yourself to switch off first and foremost. So we're shutting down the brain a little bit, not shutting it down, but certainly slowing it down. And the other thing is we're wearing ourselves out. So we're expending a little bit more energy. So look at getting exercise in there as well throughout your day. Not obviously too late at night because that can keep you awake as well. But earlier in the day, reduce caffeine as well. Obviously, most people know that one. Don't drink caffeine too late at night. Reduce sugar. Indeed, I wouldn't eat too close to bed in general. I would say two or three hours before bed. And it's not a weight loss thing or anything like that. It's more just that you're letting the digestive system slow down. And you're giving yourself, you're giving your body that opportunity to shut down. And then you're able to get a better quality sleep from that. 
Okay, tip number three in managing stress is take up a creative hobby. So think about something that you might enjoy that's going to get you away from the stresses, whatever your source of stress is, be that money trouble, relationship troubles, work troubles, wherever your source of of stress is coming from. Think about taking up a creative hobby that would take your mind off all of that. So creative hobby might involve learning a new skill. It might involve fun. It might be enjoyable. It might take your brain away from the source of stress and onto something new, something pleasurable, something that's challenging you, maybe something that is going to be enjoyable for you, maybe something that you're going to learn from. So something I kind of think a good example here is learning how to play the guitar, for example. So that's going to be an ongoing project. You're not going to learn that in one lesson. You're not going to be an expert in the guitar by taking one lesson. It's going to be something that you're going to have to do over a period of weeks, maybe over a period of months. So it becomes a project. And it becomes something that you're into because you start to see progression in it. And then you start to enjoy it a little bit more. And you're going to find that when you're in that guitar lesson, you're probably going to switch off from the outside world completely. You're going to get very into that. You're going to focus on what you're doing. You're probably going to learn. You're probably going to enjoy. And for that hour, the world doesn't matter. And your stress levels are going to come down totally. And when you come out an hour later, sometimes you can feel like a different person. It doesn't have to be guitar. It can be things as simple as gardening. It's not particularly about tidying up the garden, but it's about giving you something that's getting your mind away from other stuff. I hope that makes sense. I speak about this in schools quite a bit, and they always understand this when it resonates with them because it's relevant to them as well. It's relevant to everybody. When I speak in schools, it's always teenagers, it's students. And the example I use with them is if there's something that's on your mind in school, something you've been struggling with, maybe you're having a problem with a subject, with a teacher, maybe you've got exams coming up, and there's this issue that's in your head, and it's playing up, and it's building up, and it's building up. You go and you train for an hour in the evening, maybe you play football, maybe you play basketball, whatever your sport is, whatever it is you do, you go for that hour you're training, you're totally focused on what you're doing. I've played football myself and I know when you cross that white line, you're totally immersed in it, you forget about everything else completely. When you come off the pitch an hour later, you get changed, you get showered, you get back into real life. Very, very often what happens is that problem that was in your head has become a lot smaller. You've got a better perspective on it now. It doesn't seem as big. When we're in our heads all the time, it's building and building and building. And a lot of the time we're making a mountain out of a molehill. Not saying the problem is not there, but sometimes we go into that thought process of worst case scenario. That's human nature sometimes. Worst case scenario, this catastrophe could happen. And the more we tell ourselves that story, the more we start to believe it. And your stories become your reality. So if we can get away from that, find a creative hobby. This is relevant not just for the students, but for us adults as well. If you're overloaded with work, if there's a big important meeting coming up and it's playing in your mind and you're building it up to more than it actually is, you need to learn how to take time away from that. You need to get out of your own head. So find a hobby, find something you'd enjoy. Again, whatever it is for you, it's different for everybody. Somebody messaged me on social media. I mentioned this kind of idea on, on Instagram the other day. Somebody commented and said, I love doing jigsaws. That's what works for me. Totally random, totally random, but I thought it was really cool. It's something different. Doing a jigsaw is what works for that person, gets them out of their own head. For me, it's football, it's training, maybe it's just going for a walk. It's different for every people, for every person. There's no right and there's no wrong. So do what works for you. So that's number three is take up a creative hobby. Number four, we're halfway there. Number four, it is improve your diet. This one goes without saying, improve your diet. Again, I don't know if people always understand the link between stress and diet. I think sometimes... People think about just meditation is kind of the common one. It's the one that's out there at the moment. Meditation and mindfulness is the cool thing. There's more than that. There's a lot more than that. Your diet massively impacts the way you live your life as well. If you are 
having a poor diet, you're not exercising, you're overburdened at work, you're on the laptop all day, you're not generating energy. You're not generating energy, your concentration level is going to be poor. Think about a diet of takeaways, heavily processed foods, sugar, energy levels are going to be poor, you're looking for quick fixes all the time, concentration levels are going to be poor, you're probably not going to be as productive as you could be if you're looking for whole foods that are full of vitamins and minerals that are giving you everything you need, that bring your energy levels up, that you're bouncing around the place, that you feel good, that you're generating ideas, that's when you're the best version of you. If your diet is poor, you're not giving yourself a chance. You're not giving yourself a chance, guys. Look at your diet more than just weight loss. And just to clarify here, because I actually had a meeting with a director of a company the other day and she said something to me that kind of got me thinking and brought a little bit of self-awareness for me. She said, you know, we we were kind of chatting about about weight loss and I was speaking about when I go into companies, it's not necessarily about weight loss. It's more about the energy side of things. It's more about the health benefits of it. And she said, oh yeah, you hate that weight loss stuff, don't you? You hate that weight loss stuff. And I was a little bit taken aback because... I just want to clarify now, I don't hate the weight loss stuff, not at all. That's what I do for a living. I help people lose weight. And the reason I help people lose weight a lot of the time is to improve their health and it's to improve their quality of life. And a lot of the time people need to lose weight. Like this sounds harsh, but thousands of people are overweight in this country. We have an obesity epidemic, so we need to do something about it. So I certainly don't hate the idea of losing weight, not at all. What I hate is the idea of people looking for quick fixes all the time and doing it the wrong way. That is what I don't like. It's not the weight loss because I think that needs to happen for a lot, a lot of cases that needs to happen as harsh as it sounds. But what I don't like is the quick fix mindset and of this has to be gone now and I will do whatever it takes, but I'll only do that for the next two weeks and then I want perfect results. What I hate is that mindset. What I love is I want to change forever and I'm going to do the work and I'm going to commit to doing the work and I know it's going to be difficult, but I'll take that on and I'll grow in the process and I'll learn from it. And eventually I'll probably come round to living the life I love, even if I can't see that at the moment some point I will love the benefits of it and it will become a little bit easier and it'll become a second nature. That's what I love, okay? So I don't hate weight loss, not by any means. Let's just clarify that. I don't hate weight loss. I hate the quick fix approach. That's what I hate, okay? So that's a little bit of a tangent, but what I'm speaking about here is improving your diet to improve your overall life. I've mentioned earlier, it will improve the quality of your sleep as well if you're not going with sugar fixes and caffeine fixes all the time. So the impact is huge. Managing stress levels, your diet comes in massively to that. So if you can fix your diet, you're going to find it's going to improve your whole life. It's not just one area. Your energy level is going to improve. You're going to feel better about yourself. Your body composition is going to improve, which in turn improves your confidence, which in turn probably brings the stress levels down a little bit for some people as well. So it's not just all about eating to physically look good. There's more than that. There's so much more than that. In terms of your functionality, in terms of how you function, your productivity levels, that's all going to improve as well when you improve your diet. Your mood is going to improve when you improve your diet. This is something I speak about in the schools as well. I say to the kids, if you're on your computer game in a dark room all day, all evening, all weekend, you're not exercising, your diet is poor, your mood is going to drop and it's going to drop quite quickly. The more you do that, the harder it is to pull yourself out of it. Whereas I always say to those kids, if you were to get up and you were to go for a walk or you were to go out in the pitch and you're going to train, think about the difference in how you feel. Think about the difference in how you feel compared to sitting in that room, playing the computer game and nearly just been in a zombie state to when you go out and you train and you come back and sometimes you're euphoric and you feel great and endorphins are flowing. Think about the difference. Think about the difference, not just to your energy levels, but to your stress levels as well and to how you manage yourself. Think about the difference it makes to the people around you when you're in that state. So your whole life improves by improving your diet as well. So your whole lifestyle, your diet, your exercise, 
your sleeping patterns, everything is interlinked. It's no one thing, it's everything. Okay, so that's number four. So let's recap. We're halfway through. The four things, again, for managing stress that we've touched on so far. Number one is schedule downtime. Number two is prioritize sleep. Number three is take up a creative hobby. And number four is improve your diet. Number five is get your activity levels up. We've mentioned it throughout the episode so far. I'm going to go a little bit deeper on it now. Get your activity levels up. Let's touch on the workplace for a moment. There's some changes we can make that are very, very simple in the workplace. Walking instead of taking lifts, take the stairs. Something I encourage businesses to do initially, if we're looking at doing a program for a course of months, initially I'll say to them, I want you to turn the lifts off. And always I'm met with resistance because people are lazy. That's that's the reality here. People are lazy. If they can get the lift instead of the stairs, they will. And for the first couple of weeks, they find it annoying. They hate me for the fact that I've asked the leaders to turn off the lifts. They don't want to do it. They want that convenience because they've always had it and they'll tell you it's because they're in a hurry or because they're tight for time or because there's a meeting schedule so the lifts have to be open because it's just busy and they don't have time to be taking the stairs and I call bullshit on that straight off and I'm sorry if that sounds harsh but I do because what happens as we go on is that they realise that they need to make an extra couple of minutes to get to the meeting and they make those minutes believe it or not. It's just about changing the thought process again. Your thoughts become your reality. So if you can get into the thought process of, I need an extra one minute to take the stairs instead of the lift, you're going to give yourself two minutes extra. You're going to get to the meeting on time, but you're also going to be more active. And the more we encourage them to do that, they take it out into their everyday lives as well. They'll start parking further away. They'll start walking a little bit more. Something I use in my own life all the time, if I can walk instead of driving, I will always do it. If I can walk instead of driving, I will always do it. And again, it's this thing where I think we're more addicted to comfort than ever, that it makes us lazy. And we will drive to the shop, even though it's only 200 metres away. We will drive to the building across the road instead of walking. It's everything. It's in all areas of our lives. So ask yourself that question. Could I walk? Could I walk? And it's the simplest thing in the world. But once you get those steps up, your health starts to improve. And you start to feel better about yourself. And you're getting out in the fresh air a little bit more as well. I walk crazy distances now because it's something I'm actually used to. People laugh at me a little bit. But you know what? I feel great. I feel the best I've ever felt. I feel best, the best I've ever felt at the moment in my life, in my health, in my well-being. And it's not just getting the steps up. It's actually clearing the head a lot more as well. Rather than getting into a car, turning on the heat, blasting it up, being in a little bit of a daze, driving to places. Now I'm out in the fresh air all the time and I'm moving a lot more course there's times you have to drive that's obviously not optional all the time it's not an option but where you can if it's within reason to walk please do it please do it it's going to help your stress levels immensely it's going to help your mental health it's going to help your physical health when i started doing that initially it would have been smaller it would have been like maybe 200 meters now i would easily if something is a kilometer away i'll walk it because i don't see it as too much if i have time on my hands again i will do it But again, I've learned to make time. I've learned to make that little extra bit of time and prioritize it because I find that I feel great when I'm doing that. So that's a little tip for you is get your activity levels up. Walk instead of driving. Simplest thing in the world. Shut down the lifts if you're a business. Yes, you'll be met with resistance first, but they will come around a little bit as well. And if you're the worker as well, listen to this, which a lot of you are, please realize that it's in your benefits as well. It's for your benefit. We're not doing it to be horrible. We're not doing it to make life difficult for you. We're doing it because we want you to live the best life you can, to be as healthy as you can, to be as productive as you can, that you feel good. That's all we're looking for, that you feel good. Okay, so managing those stress levels again. Get the activity levels up if you can. 
throughout your day is what I'm talking about here. I'm not even going near exercise or training yet. I'm talking about throughout your day, get your activity levels up, monitor your steps. 10,000 is a good starting point if you're a complete beginner. For me personally, I try to keep it as close to 15 as I can, but I'm aware that I'm more active than most people. So don't feel like you have to do that. If you're already at 10, that might be a good target. If you're way below 10, just bring it up gradually. If you're only getting 2,000, I've worked with a client recently who is, he's incredibly busy. He's in an office job. He actually works abroad, so he's taking flights all the time. Then he's home at the weekends, and his his life is is mental at the moment. He's really really busy. His steps are only about two thousand a day, and I was saying to him, "Let's just get it to three thousand. Let's get it to four thousand. Don't worry about ten for the minute. We're looking for progress, not perfection. So wherever you fall into that category, judge it yourself. Think about progress. Okay, that's tip number five. Number six is tidy your environment. This one might sound a little bit funny to people, but a tidy environment has a massive, massive impact on your stress levels. And any of you that live in a messy house, if you're the tidy person, you probably know it can get a little bit stressful when there's mess around you and nobody is keeping things clean. But a tidy environment, is it's incredibly, it's incredible the difference it makes. It's something I've brought into my work. Well, I've always been a pretty tidy person anyway, but I've become an awful lot more conscious of it. I'm a lot more cognizant of it now. Even in the car, if I'm driving to different things, if I'm driving to meetings, if I'm driving to a talk, if the car is messy, it affects me. I find that if things are messy, if the environment is messy, my lifestyle is a little bit more messy. I'm a little bit sloppier in my work. I'm a little bit sloppier in my training. If I keep my standards high, if I keep my house tidy, if I keep my bedroom tidy, if I keep my office tidy, if I keep my car tidy, I'm raising my own standards. And that filters into every area of my life. And that brings my stress levels down as well, because I feel like I'm prepared. I feel like I'm given the best of me. I feel like I'm the best version of me. I don't feel like I'm struggling from day to day. I don't feel like things are all over the place. Like I have notes over here and the other ones are in the office and I have other notes in the car and everything is a mess and everything is time consuming. And then my stress levels are rising. So tidy environment makes the world a difference. So tidy up everything around you. And again, you're going to find that you're going to feel more in control you're going to feel a little bit better about yourself. That's tip number six. We have two to go. Almost there. Number seven is the lunch group. This is one is work specific. The lunch group. I've spoken about this a few times, so I'm not going to go on about it too much again. But the people you hang around with again at work. And because they're the ones probably that you spend most of your time with, apart from your family. So choose a good group at work. In every workplace, there's a group at lunchtime who are complaining and moaning and that's their hour for being right. They're right about everything. Everything is wrong in the world, but they're right. They've got a solution. They can complain about everything. But do you know what? All they're doing really is bringing negativity into the place. And if you're going to be the one that sits with them every day, you sit with four negative negative people, you're going to become the fifth. Without a doubt, you're going to become the fifth. So I want you to think about who could you sit with that is a little bit more energetic, a little bit more positive, a little bit more solution focused, a little bit more upbeat about life. And if we're looking to improve our health, typically this time of year, there's going to be a group that are going out walking at lunchtime. Because maybe they're doing an operation transformation, or maybe they're just trying to bring their weight down, or maybe they just want to improve something about their health. So why not go and join that group? It might be a more productive use of your lunch hour than sitting with the morning people, complaining about the bad things in the world without actually doing anything about it. So think about that, guys. Who are the people you want to spend more time with that are going to bring more value to you, that are going to improve the quality of your life? And who are the people that maybe you can minimize the time with? Not saying you have to cut them out totally, but sometimes it's enough just to say hello and have a polite conversation without spending your whole work and day and your whole working week with those people. So that's tip number seven for your overall well-being. And again, this will sound harsh to people, but today I'm talking about managing your stress levels and I'm talking about managing your well-being. And if you're going to do that, you have 
to prioritize yourself at some point. So it's not being selfish to say, I'm moving into a group of people that are a little bit more positive because you have to look after yourself as well. Okay, that's number seven. Number eight, the last one is the one I always drive home. The one is, that's my favorite is exercise. Exercise and training. This is the one, guys. This is the one. Everybody is talking to me about stress levels. Everybody is talking to me about work being busy. Everybody's talking to me about life being busy. Everybody's talking to me about social media. Everybody is talking to me about screens. Everybody's talking to me about TV. But the one thing people are overlooking is the impact of exercise, the impact of training, the difference it makes to how you live your life, the difference it makes to mental health, the difference it makes to physical health. Nowadays, people are going into doctors and they're being prescribed pills and everything is just straight off on a prescription without ever looking at their lifestyle. And to me, that is always the first thing that should be looked at. Now, I'm not saying people don't need pills. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Please don't take me up wrong on this. What I am saying is look at your lifestyle first. It can go a long, long way to helping you out in terms of lifting your mood, in terms of keeping stress levels at bay, in check, in terms of keeping anxiety at bay. Not solving everything. Not solving everything by any means. But in terms of your mood, look at exercise. Please start exercising. If you're somebody who's down days, if you're somebody who feels blue, if you're somebody who's feeling overworked, if you're somebody who's feeling a little bit stressed, make exercise a priority in your life. I promise you now, it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. You'll never look back. You'll find the first couple of weeks tough because you're not used to it, but you will never look back. Whether that is going for a run, whether that is going to the gym, whether that is 20 minutes with a punch bag, whether that's lifting weights, there's no right or wrong. Again, it comes back to what you're going to enjoy the most because that's the thing you're going to stick with. But you have to make it a priority. The exercise has to be as important as the business meeting that you're taking 12 hours a day working, worrying about, the thing that's stressing you out. Remember, folks, if you were to die in the morning, they would have you replaced within two weeks. That's how important work is. If you were to die, they would have you replaced within two weeks. Of course, you want to progress. Of course, you want to better yourself. It's absolutely fine. But do not make it the be all and end all. Don't make it the be all and end all. It's only going to stress you out. It's only going to it's only going to uh, make the problem worse. It's going to enhance the problem. It's going to make it worse. So what you've got to say is my exercise, my training hour is important to me. That hour is there. It's happening every day and it is as important as work. It is as important as everything else. It's not way down the list. It has to happen. It's non-negotiable. Nobody else is getting that hour. That's my hour. That's how you have to look at it. So make exercise part of your life. Again, you're going to find endorphins are flowing. You feel better about yourself. You're going to find energy levels are get better. You're going to find you gain clarity. You're going to find yourself coming up with new ideas. You're going to find those stress levels come down and you feel a lot better. And again, the people around you benefit as well. Your family and your friends benefit. You don't want to be that person who's overstressed, bringing work home every night, being narky, snapping at the children, taking it out on the wife, taking it out on the husband, taking it out on the partner. You don't want to be that person. So make time for exercise. I promise you it's the greatest thing you'll ever do for yourself. Okay? So that is our tips today, guys. That is eight tips on managing stress levels. I hope you found it useful. I hope you've got something out of it. Don't be overwhelmed by it. Don't try and change everything. Sometimes it's better just to take one or two changes, try and enhance or enforce those. See how you get on with it. If it goes well, then maybe you can look at taking one or two more. I hope you found that beneficial and I will talk to you all again next week.